0: G'day, welcome to God's Word Today's World, applying scripture to modern life. My name is Dan Van Werkoven. I'm an Aussie writer and pastor living with my wife on a tiny island called Saipan. Join me today as I dig into scripture and explore how God's word can still be applied to our lives thousands of years later. Hey! You're listening to episode 12 of the God's Word Today's World podcast. In today's episode, we're looking at how even in the darkest of events, even in the most horrifying situations, God is still present. He is still at work. No matter how bad things get, God is still there. He's more powerful than evil. He's more powerful than Satan. And yet so often, when overwhelmed by the evil happening in the world, or directly to us or those we love, it can be easy to believe that God isn't so powerful. It can be easy to forget that God not only created the entire universe, but he actively sustains it. He is present, even if we don't see him at the time. If you want access to the show notes and the full transcript, you can find those over at www.godswordtodaysworld.com forward slash listen, and look for episode 12 on the list. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so by leaving a rating and review on iTunes. But without further ado, let's dig in. Last week in episode 11 of the God's Word Today's World podcast, we looked at the importance of spending time in God's Word so if and when the need arises, we can defend the gospel. We can defend what we believe. We also looked at the importance of testing everything we hear against the Bible. We can't let podcasts, commentaries, theological books, or even sermons replace the Bible. We need to go back to God's Word every time, and test what we learn to make sure that what we're learning is correct. This week, we're back to Acts' ever-present theme of persecution, and we're seeing that no matter how dark, no matter how terrible the situation, God is still at work. Light can still be found, even in the darkest places. Our passage today is Acts chapter 8, verses 1 through to 8, from the World English Bible. It directly follows the stoning of Stephen, during which we were introduced to a man named Saul. Acts 8 opens with these chilling words. Saul was consenting to his death. A great persecution arose against the assembly, which was in Jerusalem in that day. They were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except for the apostles. Devout men buried Stephen and lamented greatly over him. But Saul ravaged the assembly, entering into every house and dragging both men and women off to prison. What a terrible start chapter 8 has. After all the incredible works and growth we witnessed in the first seven chapters of Acts, this happens. Persecution more serious than anything that ever faced breaks out and this man's soul has made it his mission to destroy the church, going from house to house and dragging men and women off and throwing them in prison. If Axe were a movie, this section would be the terrifying and heartbreaking scene early on where the good guy's world gets destroyed by the evil force in the story. Kind of like Star Wars when Luke's family farm gets destroyed and his uncle and aunt killed. But the good news is here, the passage doesn't stop. After we witness this horror, Luke immediately continues with this in verse 4. Therefore, those who were scattered abroad went around preaching the word Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. The multitudes listened with one accord to the things that were spoken by Philip when they heard and saw the signs which he did. For unclean spirits came out of many of those who had them. They came out crying with a loud voice. Many who had been paralyzed and lame were healed, and there was great joy in that city. That dark day when the Jews stoned Stephen ended up sparking something incredible. The church scattered and grew. Instead of remaining in Jerusalem, the church spread throughout the known world. And as they scattered, they preached the gospel. They shared the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and the good news of what he'd done on the cross with his death and resurrection. Instead of the gospel only being shared in Jerusalem, suddenly it was being shared throughout the region, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In Samaria, we see Philip, one of the seven originally chosen to oversee the administration of the food to the widows, we see him performing miracles. The Holy Spirit allowed Philip to heal the sick and cast out evil spirits. Great joy entered that city because Philip was there and the Holy Spirit was working through him. And the only reason Philip was in that city? The persecution in Jerusalem. That is the only reason. He had a big job to do in Jerusalem. He was tasked with helping distribute food to probably hundreds of people every day. He already had a task. Why would he travel to Samaria? But he was forced out of the city by the wicked actions of sinful men and women who hated Jesus. It reminds me of Joseph's words in Genesis chapter 50 verse 20 in the World English Bible, when Joseph spoke to his brothers who sold him into slavery. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to save many people alive as is happening today. Joseph's brothers intended to hurt him, but God had a bigger plan at play. God was getting Joseph to Egypt, where after years of fighting to be a God-honoring man, he wound up being second in command of Egypt. The only person above him was Pharaoh himself. And Joseph was there so that with God's guidance, He could save not one but two nations from terrible famine. He saved Egypt and he saved the Israelite nation, his family, his brothers, the very men who threw him in a well and sold him as a slave. In Acts 8 we see the same thing happening. But it's not necessarily lives being saved, it's souls. Saul and those who sought to destroy the church, they sought to harm those who followed Jesus. But because of their actions, the church scattered and the gospel spread like wildfire. It was no longer contained to one city, but was being shared across the countryside. What Saul intended for harm, God intended for good, pushing the gospel into the world and the salvation of of countless people. Even in the darkest of events, good still happens. We tell ourselves frequently that God is more powerful than the devil. God is more powerful than any evil. Yet in spite of that, we have a tendency to look at horrific events and see only the evil that happened. We have a tendency to focus only on the bad so much so, that we completely miss the good that also happens. If this event in Acts happens today, all we'd, all we'd ever hear about is the oppression, the bad, the evil committed. We'd lament for the people imprisoned. We'd pray for the evil to stop. We'd likely be so focused on the evil happening in Jerusalem that we'd completely miss the incredible good happening in the world around the city. But good was happening. Despite the devastating persecution, even more people were being saved. The gospel was being shared far and wide. Satan wants us to focus on the evil. He wants media to be saturated with everything bad that happens. Why? Because it pulls our attention away from God. If we look at the news today, it'd be easy to tell ourselves that Satan is far more powerful than God based on the sheer amount of evil being reported every single minute. But every now and then, we stumble across a piece of reporting that includes the good, and we get just a small glimpse at the good that God is working despite the fallen nature of this world and the sin we live in. What we need to remember is that even in the darkest moments, God is still at work. We know that God is more powerful than Satan, right? We know that God is more powerful than evil, right? So it only makes sense that God is still present even in the darkness. God doesn't disappear when a gun massacre happens. God doesn't disappear when thousands are slaughtered in the Middle East. God doesn't disappear when the darkness threatens to overwhelm. He's there. He's always there. We just so often don't see any sign of him because we're staring at the darkness rather than looking for the light. We're letting the world tell us that God is terrible for allowing that situation to even happen in the first place. We let ourselves be ashamed to be called believers in a God who would allow evil to happen. And we can so easily forget that evil didn't happen because God wanted it. Evil happened because we chose it. Humankind chose to ignore God and to sin. We chose to invite sin, evil, and death into the world. God gave Adam and Eve a choice because he wants us to choose to follow him, not be forced into loving him. Adam and Eve chose sin. But even though that evil happened, good also happened. Satan intended that event to destroy the human race, but God intended it to then allow him to demonstrate the immeasurable depth of his love for us because he sent his son Jesus to willingly pay the price for our sin. Sin is not good, but God, in allowing us to have the choice of whether to sin or not, then showed us his incredible grace and forgiveness forgiveness, by loving us in spite of our sin, in spite of our wickedness. We live in a universe created by God. He knows the past. He knows the future. He knows us so intimately that he knows how many hairs we have on our heads. He is an all-powerful God and nothing Nothing can happen that's outside his will. If anything could happen outside God's will, it would mean that God is not all-powerful and all creation is not under his control. But God is omnipotent, that is all-powerful. God allowed Adam and Eve to sin, to condemn the entire world to death, because he had an even greater event to orchestrate than the creation of the universe. An event even greater than that. And that was Jesus' death and resurrection. Why is that event greater than the creation of the world? Think about it like this. Which would prove your love more? Having a child? Or dying to save your child? Which would prove your mercy more? Punishing your child for the wrong they did against you? Or taking the punishment yourself for their wrong? which would prove your grace more. Giving your child, who constantly disobeyed you, what they deserved? Or giving them an incredible gift of eternal life free from sin, pain and sadness? God proved his love by Jesus willingly dying for our sins. God proved his mercy when Jesus took the punishment for our sins. God proved his grace by giving us the free gift of salvation when we repent and call on Jesus Christ as our Lord. In the garden, Satan intended it for evil when he convinced Eve to eat the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. But God intended it for good, so he could demonstrate how far he would go to love us. When Joseph's brothers sold him as a slave, they intended to be rid of their own brother. But God intended it so that he could save those very men and their families from starvation and show them what his grace and mercy looked like through Joseph's actions. When Saul made it his job to destroy the church, he intended to crush Christianity, but God intended it so that the good news of what Jesus did would spread throughout the world. So don't be blinded by the darkness. It's easy to get caught up in the evil that happens in the world and only see the darkness. It's also easy to blame God for evil, but God is not committing evil. Evil. It's us. God gave us all the freedom to choose how to live our lives. God gave his angels the freedom to choose how to live their lives. Some, like Satan, chose evil. So don't mistake God allowing us to have freedom to choose as God doing evil things. God allows us to choose and those choices have a cost. And if we choose to sin, well, All sin has a cost. Sometimes that cost is millions dead at the hands of a dictator. God could stop any wrong from ever happening. All he'd have to do is remove our free will. We would be forced to follow him, to love him. But that's not love. He created the universe to worship him. He created us to worship him, to choose to worship him. To choose that because we know for certain how much He loves us because of what Jesus willingly did on the cross for all who put their faith in Him. So, my challenge this week is this When we see evil in the world, remember that good is also happening. When we see incredible darkness reported in the news, remember that in the midst of that darkness, the bright light of Christ is also shining. And this, I believe, will always be the case. I believe this is the case because it's a pattern we see over and over and over again throughout scripture. And that pattern started with the most devastating evil to ever happen, a sin so great it's killed billions and billions of people. And it was Adam and Eve eating the fruit of knowledge of good and evil. Yet God intended something far greater, proving to us the depth of his love, grace, and mercy. Thank you for joining me today on God's Word, Today's World. If you'd like to view the show notes or leave a comment, you can find the complete list of all podcast episodes over at www.godswordtodaysworld.com forward slash listen. Hope to see you next week. Now go apply God's word to your life.